On today's episode of Hardwood Hot Takes, we are previewing the first week of games as well as doing a snake draft of the best parts of the college basketball season. All right, welcome back to Hardwood Hot Takes. We have a little bit of a early recording going on this week as Tennessee plays our first game tomorrow. We are just about a little under 24 hours away or a little over 24 hours away from the college basketball season starting for the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm Keegan Krause, joined alongside Tucker Harlan and Dominic Throngard, and we are super excited to actually be previewing the first week of games. Still no reactions yet this week. We, we got one more week for that. Um, but before we get into college basketball, I think we got, we got a few things to discuss. How, how are we feeling after after yesterday? Uh, miserable. Yeah, I'm on the fence. I mean... Yeah, I, I'm with you, Keegan. I'm definitely not feeling that miserable after what happened last night. I, I was feeling pretty bad last night, but... I mean, going into that game, was I expecting us to win in Georgia? No. Was I expecting us to play as bad as we did against Georgia? I, I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't think Hinton Hooker would have, you know, the the poor performance he did, overthrowing people and stuff like that. But you know, my moods come up a little bit. The Lions beat the Packers. So I'm pretty happy there. Were you guys doing well in this this early NFL slate today? I'm doing just fine, uh, fantasy wise. You know, I got Mixon on my team, so I can't I can't complain too much. Okay, who who do you root for out there? Me personally, yeah. I, I got to go for the Seahawks uh, okay. just because that's basically the only team anywhere near Idaho besides maybe the Denver Broncos, but that's about it. They got a chance to uh, to pick up the sixth win today. That would that would be insane after, I mean, getting rid of Russell Wilson, I think everyone thought they'd, they'd be one of the worst teams. Yeah, the Geno era is upon us. Um, and, and Tucker, you have any, any confidence in the Titans tonight against the Chiefs or are you, you writing that off a little bit? No. A- absolutely no confidence <laughs> you know I, I think the titans have gotten a lot of wins against some poor teams uh but you know the first two weeks of the season the giants have ended up being a lot better uh and then of course what happened in buffalo was miserable and you know with Tannehill not being 100 percent, the receiving core just looking iffy and then the fact that Tannehill really has no protection up front does not make me confident in this game whatsoever yeah it's it's probably gonna be a rough one but you never know the uh the the uh titans have done well against the chiefs in the regular season so you never know um so let's hop into some college basketball like i said tomorrow is the first day of the season and we are we are finally back a ton of games tomorrow a ton of games this week pretty much everyone is in action but it's there's not a lot of good games. I think there's there's really one game that I'm looking at, and that's going to be a marquee matchup, uh, which we're going to get to later in the show. But that's that Michigan State Gonzaga game. You know, normally we we get a little appetizer on on the first week when we get the Champions Classic, but that got pushed back to next week. So we will we will talk about that at a later date. And and I I mean there, there's some good and bad to that, right? What do you guys think? I mean. I liked having it first, but I think I could see some people complaining that, oh, these teams, you know, haven't got to test themselves out. But with these exhibitions, I mean, I, I feel like I liked having it the first game. Yeah, I definitely liked having it uh, the first game, too, just because uh, this is a this is a little bit of a boring week for college basketball. It feels like we're getting off to a slow start instead of an exciting jump back into the regular season. And I feel like with where college basketball is placed, with football still going on, you need some big matchups at the start to actually get people on the hook. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know very many people, and you know, unless your team is playing, you're probably not tuning in to any of these games over uh, the uh, Saints Ravens game happening tomorrow night, and definitely on Saturday and Sunday, you're watching college football and NFL. Now on Tuesdays, Thursdays, sure you'll get some eyes, but like I said, I think it would would have been better if it got off to a hot start. Um, but before we get to some of those other games, we're going to start with the two Tennessee games. Obviously, the first one tomorrow. Tennessee Tech at number eleven. Tennessee. Tennessee is a thirty-two point favorite in this one. Um, what are we? What are we thinking tomorrow? I think I'm. I'm pretty confident going into this game, especially after what happened the Gonzaga game. You know, I think Tennessee's kind of already clicked. We have a lot of guys back. I think we'll kind of get out there and and, and go right away. I, I I like us minus the thirty-two. It's a lot of points, but I I think Tennessee can can handle Tennessee Tech very easily, and this game will be over by halftime. Absolutely. I mean, Tennessee just looked really good against Gonzaga. Um, I I can't see any Tennessee fans complaining, really. Uh, and this is a nice game because we still get a little bit more time before we get into some real matchups. But I feel like we could see Rick Barnes giving a lot of different guys a lot of a lot of different minutes just because it's still Tennessee Tech. So maybe we don't get the maybe we don't cover by thirty two, but we're we're gonna we're gonna win by a lot. Yeah, I'm with Dom on this one. I think. Tennessee is absolutely going to win by a lot, but the thing is, 32 is a gigantic spread. I mean, in any sport, but basketball in particular. I mean, if you're winning by 30 in basketball, that's pretty much a 50 piece in football. I mean, that's just how it feels. So, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think Tennessee is going to win by at least 20, uh, probably 25, but the spread probably not going to hit. At least I don't feel like it's going to hit. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this is a team that because. We're so deep, you know, like we saw. With, we scored 99 points against Gonzaga. We It's true. We almost beat Gonzaga by 20, so we should be able to beat Tennessee Tech by 30, right? I mean, Ideally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, um, I could definitely see it happening. Yeah. It's it's just... I th- 32, I mean, that, that that's just such a big spread. Yeah, I feel like usually, too, if you're playing another in-state opponent, you almost want to be a little bit nice to them. I feel like usually you don't, you don't go for the throat quite as hard, but... Uh, you never know. Tennessee is really deep, like you said. So there could be some guys on the bench that are pleasant surprises in this one and get a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I think our second five is is easily better than Tennessee Tech's first five. So I think that's kind of where I'm coming from there. Um, but I think the better question and what we want to talk about for this game is, is kind of what we need to see from this team. Because obviously we're going to win this game. What, what do you guys want to slash need to see from Tennessee tomorrow night to be confident in some of their bigger non-conference matchups coming up. I'm just really wanting to see some consistency in the offensive game plan. I want to I want to be able to see that we have a guy who's going to get the ball uh, most possessions and be able to be smart with it. Obviously, we've talked a bit about Ziegler not really wanting to be in that role. So I just I'm really focused in on who's actually going to be taking that one spot and what that's going to look like for this team or if there's some other kind of offense we might end up running that works out for us. That's exactly what I want to talk about too because I think the earlier that you kind of have that that guy, there's a lot of guy talk. It goes on with we've I've heard it with quarterbacks this year just just who's going to be the guy and I think it's more important than ever in college basketball, especially, you know, when you have a tournament where it's single game elimination, you need that guy at the end of games and I think the earlier that that guy's established, the better your team's going to be throughout the season and after this Gonzaga game, I'm looking for that guy to be Tyreek Key. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's new to the program, but he's a veteran player. You know, he's 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 a super skilled and smart offensive player. I would love to see him emerge as that guy at the one spot and then just kind of allow Zakai and some of our other guards to do their thing off the ball. 
Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to have to say the front court, actually. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do up there because obviously we've seen the improvement from, you know, Euros and, uh, of course, Olivier Kamwa coming back has been nice as well. But I'd like to see guys like Jonas Adu get more involved. Uh, he's really shown that he's got a lot of potential uh, in that in that exhibition game. But also last season he showed signs of it as well. Uh, and then a couple other guys I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, Julian Phillips, uh, he, of course, had a pretty solid outing in the exhibition. Uh, is going to be a pretty big role player this season, maybe off the bench, but he'll still be big this season. And then the other guy that I'm kind of looking forward to, I don't know if he's going to play a whole lot or what, but Toby Awaka uh, played a little bit in the exhibition game toward the end. But so here's the thing. He, he is so strong. All right, he's like 250 pounds. I mean, that's that's a hard guy to box out down low. And the thing is, Tennessee and basketball players from New York, I mean, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. I mean, Zakai Ziegler, uh, Tobias Harris, we can go all the way we can go all the way back to Ernie and Bernie on this one. So, yeah, I I don't know if Tennessee plans on using him heavily throughout the course of the season, but it would not surprise me if he emerges as a guy that is kind of a complimentary piece. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested to see that. Yeah, I'm super excited to uh, to see all those guys in action tomorrow night. Um, but let's roll it into the game that is a little farther out next Sunday. Because we're we're recording this Sunday, we, we got to hit both. Um, so Tennessee versus Colorado. Obviously, last year we beat them 69 to 54, I believe. We beat them, yeah, 69 yeah, 54. It, beat them pretty handedly. Kennedy, Kennedy Chandler had a yeah, day. 27 points yeah. in that game. Um, and I I think that we might be better. I think Colorado might be worse. I think we're going to hand this game to Colorado pretty easily. This is a weird one, too. It's on a neutral site in Nashville. Neutral, I guess, <laughs> is, is a word. I'm not not really neutral. I mean, that's yeah. like Georgia playing Oregon in the Georgia Dome. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure why it's there exactly, but it's there. Um, it, it'll be interesting to, uh, to, to see – you know the Vol fans show out there in Nashville as they always do. I mean, there's, there's there's probably more Tennessee fans in Nashville than there are in Knoxville, to be honest. So it'll it'll still be a home game, but just a little bit of a different vibe, little little location switch up. But I think we will we will take down Colorado pretty easily in that one. Yeah, we're we're gonna demolish them, quite frankly. I mean, Colorado is a team that they were pretty good at points last year, but they've lost a lot of guys. There's there's no sign that they're really gonna do anything this year. So I think that Tennessee, like you said, is just going to dominate this game. And I think anytime Tennessee gets to play in Nashville, it's a good thing just because it's great for growing the Tennessee brand. And Danny White has obviously been a fan of playing games in Nashville. Obviously, the football team plays there uh, next year with their opener. But, um, yeah, just playing in Nashville is always great because there's so many Tennessee fans over there. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a neutral site at all, like you said. Yeah, uh, for me, I'm going to have to say that Tennessee's going to win this game by double digits. Uh, Dom, like you said, just a lot of guys were uh, – they lost a lot of guys this season. Uh, and one guy that I've looked at a good bit, Evan Batty, and I think Jabari Walk were, were the big two in the front court that they lost. They need to find that presence. I don't know if they've got it. they got a few decent pieces returning in the back court, But overall, I like Tennessee to win this one without too much trouble. For sure. So that that's Tennessee for this week. Obviously, we'll have we'll have a lot more to talk about next week. I think once we've once we've actually seen this team in two full games and regular season action, 
get a, a lot more of a feel for, I guess, you know, what, what we're going to be. Um, so we're going to move this main slate of games, and we're, we're kind of working with what this is going to look like this year. So so this uh, this week we're going to pick the spread on a bunch of these different games um, for the opening day tomorrow, as well as I threw in some of the best games uh, that are happening, and we're going to do those at the end. Those don't have spreads yet because they normally don't come out till Monday. So we're, we're going to kind of workshop this. If we like picking the spreads, I think we'll stick with it, right? I, I, I like the idea because I think in a lot of these games, unless, you know, they're super close, like, you know, top matchups, they're going to be pretty lopsided and we're all going to be in agreements, right? So I, I think I kind of like this idea to give us a little more variance. We, we can kind of see who ends up being being the best at picking these throughout the season. So if this works out, I think we'll, we'll continue with this. And, and it's definitely needed for this week because, as you'll see coming up here, there's there's a lot of bad games. There's, there's, there's not much going on. Pretty much everybody's playing cupcakes this week. Yeah, this is the best way to keep it interesting for sure. Except for the Spartans who are just testing themselves every single day, all day. I mean, <laughs> have you guys seen? Uh, sorry, not to go off on a tangent here, but have you guys seen their their non conference schedule? I mean, well, ridiculous. I know about the Zags and the Champions Classic. I haven't seen much else. Oh, we got more and more. I guess and more. the uh, what is it? The Big Ten ACC Challenge we as got, well. We got Big Ten ACC Challenge. We have the Gavit Games. We're taking on Villanova. We are in probably the toughest. Uh, thanksgiving tournament where we're in the pk 80 i believe um out there against a ton of people so it's a pk i don't know we're in we're, we're, i think it's pk 80 oh wow this you're, yeah your guys' slate's yeah, ridiculous like, read that <laughs> off real quick. okay okay we're starting off northern arizona's playing tomorrow that's not bad but then you go right into gonzaga kentucky uh, and number two and number four, by the way, number sixteen Villanova, number twenty Alabama, got to play Notre Dame. And so that 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 Alabama game is part of the tournament we're in. So we're gonna play a ton of ranked. So we're probably end up if we keep winning, we'll play three or four ranked teams in that Thanksgiving week stretch. My goodness, Michigan Notre State Dame hates then, themselves. And, yeah, I mean, if we win all these games, we're gonna be the best test team in the nation. But we'll get <laughs> back to that later. Um, let's start off with this week's slate of games. First one: George Mason at number fifteen, Auburn. Auburn only favored by thirteen and a half at, against George Mason at home. What do you guys think about this one? What's your What's your analysis and your pick here? That feels really off to me. I feel like Auburn's gonna cover in a big way, just because I think I think that Auburn, even though obviously they lost uh, their main guy, forgive me, I totally spaced on Jabari. His name. Jabari, yes. Um, and Jabari was great. He was super fun to watch. Anytime I got the chance to see him, was always great. But um, Bruce Pearl, he's a good coach, and anytime you play a game in Auburn, it's it's wild. Auburn loves their sports teams, and they have great student sections at every single event they have. Even when their football team's terrible right now, they still show up. So they're going to show up in a big way, even if it's a team like George Mason, and it's going to rattle a team like that. Auburn's going to cover in a big way. Well, you got to pull for the uh, fighting Kim Englishes here. Uh, of course, the former Tennessee associate head coach behind Rick Barnes is their coach now. Uh, and they got Victor Bailey and Devontae Gaines. So basically... Oh, I forgot about Victor yeah, Bailey. They, they got pretty yep. much all the old pieces that were on Tennessee that hit the portal uh, pretty recently. But at the same time, I don't thirteen and a half on the road in the SEC as a Group of Five team. I mean, sure, the A10 is a pretty solid conference, but I just don't feel like they're going to be able to cover that. Yeah, I mean, George Mason went thirteen and nine uh, last year. Obviously, like you just mentioned, they picked up a few pieces, but I still think Auburn beats them pretty handedly. I will take Auburn minus the thirteen and a half. Moving on to the next game, we have 
Memphis against Fandy. Memphis favored by one and a half, and that is in Nashville, right? It's in Nashville, yeah. It should be a very fascinating matchup because um, you got wait. two NBA guys going at it as head coaches. What were you saying? I was going to say we should mention, speaking of Memphis, Mikey Williams committing to Memphis he did. this weekend. He did. I so. thought Mikey Williams was still in high school. I thought yeah. he's been there for, you know, like 20 years. I've been that, hearing this kid's name for so long. That, <laughs> and I thought HBCU was the way to go for him. I thought that's what he said I, about two I, years ago. I feel ago. like Memphis is as close you can, as you can get to an HBCU without, without being an being HBCU. HBCU. That is yeah. true. Um, but yeah, Mikey is what he is he in there next year? I think he's twenty twenty three, so I believe he will be playing for them next year. But but they will not have him this week against yeah. Vanderbilt. Um, I just don't think Vanderbilt's very good at all. Um, without uh, Scottie Pippen Jr., I don't know what their identity is. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're basically with this pick, you're basically just picking a team to win uh, for the spread. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, but fun fact, uh, just a little anecdote here. I was working at a golf course over the summer, and Penny Hardaway and like his entire entourage of coaches all came and played at the golf course, and I talked to the guys. So, uh, just just wanted to share that it was it was an interesting moment for sure because he looked at my shirt and he's like, "Oh, you like Tennessee? I coach Memphis." They're like, "Yeah, I I knew that." <laughs> so, yeah, so I I like Memphis to get it done here. I mean, Vanderbilt without Scottie Pippen, like you said, Keegan, there's just there's just not a whole lot of identity to them. Yeah, I'll take Memphis here as well. Honestly, I'm I'm feeling Vandy just because I haven't trusted Penny Hardway much as a coach, and I feel like even though uh, Vandy's without Scottie Pippen Jr., I feel like Jerry Stackhouse is just a little bit more trustworthy than Penny Hardway as far as coaching ability goes. Memphis lost, honestly, a lot of games that they should have won last year. People anticipated that team to be really good, and they just never seemed to show up in a conference that was significantly worse than the SEC and so I, I just got to take Vandy just because they've had tougher competition. And they've been able to perform more consistently. Who do you think is going to score for them, though? Like, I think Scottie Pippen Jr. literally scored like 35-plus percent of well, the points last year. Well, here's like, the thing. They've got this shooting guard coming back by the name of Jordan Wright, who was fairly productive for them last year. Uh, Miles Studi actually, I think, led the SEC in three-point percentage. They're small forwards, so... I mean, he could be a factor for them on the perimeter. Liam Robbins, who they got midseason, who was coming off an injury, had transferred in from Minnesota. He's a pretty solid center. He developed uh, as the season went on. But at the same time, how do those guys function without Scotty? Yeah, it's a good question, but I think that I think that they're going to be able to figure it out. I think that they'll be able to play a style of basketball that doesn't depend so heavily upon one guy because the thing about whenever you play basketball through just one person like Scottie Pippen Jr., your game depends entirely upon how he plays, and that can be great and terrible for a lot of teams. So this will distribute the mistakes a little bit more evenly across the board, I feel like, and there's a chance for more guys to get hot even if some of their guys are getting cold and like you said Jordan Wright is a pretty good looking guy he's 6'6 220 pounds this is a guy who can score and he's got a lot of good movement and I think that I just think Vandy gets it done all right so me and Tucker are on Memphis but Dom ruining the uh the trio here taking Vanderbilt um next up let's move on to one that I actually think is is more interesting than than it is at face value if you kind of know what's going on under the scenes and that's UNCW at number one, North Carolina. North Carolina giving UNCW 23 points. Um, this was, I'm going to talk about UNCW for a second here because I think they're, they're a really interesting team. Um, they have a young coach whose name 
is is blanking in my head, but he was the assistant under Keats at UNCW, came with him to NC State for a couple years, and then went and took over the job there. It is Takeo Siddle. That's that's a tough name to pronounce, but he's he's only 36 years old, and he's been f- fantastic at getting guys in there. Now, I know like this is going to sound obvious, but UNCW is a team built on guys from North Carolina. They have sophomore Jamari Thomas, who I saw play a lot in high school. He's a great guard. They have Eric Vanderheiden, a uh, transfer from Ole Miss from my rival high school, actually. He didn't get much playing time at Ole Miss, but he was a four-star, 6'9 guard. He's a great player. Uh, just didn't get utilized at Ole Miss. I think he's going to make them a lot better. Then they also have uh, – this is the last player I'll mention here, but they have a ton of kids from North Carolina. They have Nick Farrar who this is his third school. He was also a four-star at NC State. Got some decent playing time. It ended up transferring down to Charleston. Was good there. Is now back at UNCW. So they're a good team. Now, with all that being said, I still think North Carolina beats them by 23-plus because North Carolina is returning everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody's coming back. They're just going to get right back in the flow of things. I don't think they need much time. I think they'll handle this team. But I will say, UNCW is definitely a team to watch out for this season. But like I said, they just have a ton of new pieces coming in, so I don't think they're going to be ready for what Carolina is going to give them. But definitely watch out for UNCW. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And UNCW is one of those teams that you see come into the tournament every once in a while and shake things up a bit. So that will definitely be a team to watch. However, I, I'm with you on North Carolina. This this is going to be a statement game for them. They're looking to come out of the gate hot and they want to put their foot down on they want to be pedaled to the metal right from the get and they're going to be able to just because not much has changed for these guys i think that they're going to be able to cover quite easily here especially against a team that's going to offer some competition where it's going to actually bring out some of their better basketball yeah i've got tar heels minus 23 here easy i mean like you guys have been saying uh they only lost brady manic coming into this season so it's it's not like this team is going anywhere. I mean, they're they're sitting at number one right now in the country for a reason. So, I mean, sure, UNC Wilmington is a team, a good mid-major that appears every now and again in the college basketball tournament, but I, I don't see a way they cover it. Yeah, so uh, are we all on, all on Carolina here? I am. Yep. All right, so next up we have Fairfield. Is that a Fair, yeah, Fairfield, Fairfield at yeah. Wake Forest. Wake Forest giving Fairfield 11.5 points. Um, I'm interested in this one. Wake Forest has, has gotten shaken up a little bit. They lost. Um, obviously, Jake LaRavia is in the NBA now. Um, they lost uh, that guard, right? What's his face? Williamson? Yeah, they lost Williamson as well. Uh, Carter Witt transferred out. So I'm not sure where their team stands. You know, I'm looking at this roster right now. There's really only one name that pops out to me, and that's Lucas Taylor. But, again, reason being is I just knew him as a recruit. He's he's from Raleigh. He was a four-star, so he didn't get much playing time last year, so I'd be interested to see what he can do. Um, I believe Cameron Hildreth is still on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Oh, he, I just found a big one. Tyree Appleby yeah. transferring in from Florida. Oh, there you go. That's a pretty significant transfer right there. Yeah, Appleby's a pretty good player. I think this. The, I think Wake Forest is actually doing pretty okay right now, as as far as a team like Wake Forest can do, uh, especially with just how much of a smaller school it is and it being in a very competitive ACC. Uh, I think Wake Forest is sitting actually pretty okay right now. 
Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm liking Wake Forest to cover the spread. I don't think they're really going anywhere. I mean, unless Fairfield's good. I'm looking at the roster right now. They got this guy named Supreme Cook, so I don't know. Maybe he can cook people. But <laughs> Fairfield won 10 games last year. so Yeah, I, I just don't see how they would cover that spread because I just don't think that's a team that's – never, you never see them in the tournament. The only time I've ever seen Fairfield play was at Belmont in uh, – yeah, at Belmont in an exhibition game, or not not an exhibition. It was a uh, like it was a makeup game. That's what it was. It was a makeup <laughs> game. So, and they were not good then either. So I I don't see why Wake Forest doesn't cover here. Yeah, uh, Wake Forest has to cover here. There's just no way they don't really. Honestly, the line feels pretty disrespectful. Uh, if I'm being honest, the eleven and a half points is not much. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take Wake Forest as well. All right, next up we have UT Martin at Pitt. What do you guys think about this one? I'm not too familiar with either of these two basketball teams, to be honest. I I have not heard about Pittsburgh basketball at well, all. Well, they have the uh, former Duke assistant, Jeff Capel, the one that would do all the interviews for Coach K at halftime as their uh-huh. coach now. Um Big, but, biggest loss yeah. is Champagny, right? He, yeah. he left last year, so that's th- kind of the, the hole in that team because he carried them. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh, they've been down for a while because they haven't – obviously, Capel's not really built them up yet. Uh, Kevin Stallings tore them down when he was there. I mean, he won like one game in conference play or something. But to be honest, this is a pretty disrespectful spread right here. I mean, UT Martin is never in the NCAA tournament. I mean, they came here last year. They put up a fight for about a half – uh, Tennessee ran away with that game, but I, I, I think this is a very disrespectful spread. See, and, that, and that's the exact reason that I'm thinking I'm going to pick UT Martin here. I, I think this is a game that, that Pitt probably wins fairly easily, but like we just looked at, this Pitt team is, is nothing special. Their, their coach has them getting, getting it done. I see him maybe winning by like 9 or 10 points and, and uh, UT Martin covering. Even though UT Martin's not that good, First game of the year, you never know. I'll, I'll take UT Martin here. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I'm feeling UT Martin. Just I, I cannot really tell you why, uh, but I just feel like UT Martin. Even though this is a bit of a disrespectful spread to Pitt, I think that Pitt is just a team that has not been good at basketball, as far as I've known, my entire life. Um, so I, I feel like UT Martin's going to shake things up just a little bit, give them a tiny scare here at the start of the season. I'm still going to have to go with Pittsburgh on the spread. I just don't uh, – again, there's not a whole lot of knowledge about either one of these teams, but at the same time, I just feel like they're going to be motivated to come out and get a win in their first game. That's really my only reason. <laughs> All right, so next one, we have Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne at Michigan. Michigan minus 15. Uh, Michigan is ranked number 22 in the country – and I'll be interested to see what this Michigan team does. I mean, for a while, they're just consistently a good team. Obviously, having Hunter Dickinson back is huge. I think they're going to be a good team this year. Um, I don't really know a lot about Indiana, Purdue, Fort Wayne, but they're not a great team. Um, and I think 15 is is pretty low for Michigan here. I, I, I'd like Michigan to get it done pretty easily. Oh, absolutely. Michigan definitely covers this one. I think Michigan is one of one of the best teams in the Big Ten, which is saying a lot. That conference is really good, really deep right now. And the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons, I don't think they can get it done despite their cool mascot. But, yeah, M- Michigan is a very good team, and 
Dickinson, he's been a great player. I think he's going to continue to do well, and he's going to be able to walk all over these guys. You know, Mastodons is a really fun mascot. Um, we've seen Purple Aces and Lumberjacks pull off upsets in the past, so who knows? Maybe something's there, but uh, with that being said, i got to take Michigan spread here. All right, next up we have South Dakota at Wisconsin. South Dakota, not South Dakota State, because I was thinking I had the Jackrabbits in my head for a second who were really good last yeah. year, but it is not South Dakota State. It is South Dakota at Wisconsin, minus 12.5 for Wisconsin. Um, I, I don't know where I sit here. This Wisconsin team obviously pretty much completely loses their identity from last year, losing um, their best player in – Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis, as well as losing arm boy. Uh, uh, Brad Davidson. Brad Davidson, yeah. I call him arm that boy. That guy was on the, in the team for like seven years. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, uh, <laughs> he played a game, I don't know, three or four years ago, and he just wore this arm strap, and he was taking a million fouls. I've called him arm boy ever since. That's, that's the only that's, – that's just his name in my head. But, no, he – I mean, he, he – as much as everyone hated him, made an impact on that team. So, I don't know exactly what their identity is this a year. A seven-year impact. <laughs> Is it actually seven years? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. He was there forever. Um, but 12 and a half against a not very good team. I'll, I'll take Wisconsin here. They're they're going to be decent in the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you just because Wisconsin has been able to have some staying power in college basketball as of late. Even when they haven't had the best of rosters, I feel like they've still performed respectably. So I, I don't foresee South Dakota causing any problems for them. I think they cover. I'm going to be a little different here. I'm going to say South Dakota. I think Wisconsin will get it done ultimately, but here's the thing. This team ran through Johnny Davis last year. They got to find that guy again. And as far as we do, we know, we we don't we don't know who that guy is just yet. So, I like South Dakota to cover. All right, next up, number 16 Villanova at home against LaSalle, uh minus 16 there. You know, it's an interesting one because this is a spot where I look at it and I'm like, you know, first game without their coach, first game without their guy who's been there for forever. It's an interesting spot there, but then you look at LaSalle and they were in the bottom of their conference last year. The Explorers. Yeah, it's it's tough to pick them. I I like Villanova here pretty easily, even without Wright, even without – I'm bad with names today. Gillespie. Without Gillespie. Yeah, I'm definitely on Villanova here too, just because uh, whenever you have an assistant coach who becomes the head coach at a big program like this, they tend to do well uh, in college basketball. It's really a trend that you see a lot. So I'm confident that this new guy, Kyle Neptune, is going to be able to do all right. And obviously, even if you're playing a not good opponent, it's your first game coaching the team. You want to do well. He's going to make sure his guys are ready. Yeah, I mean, outside of Gillespie, like we just said, they don't lose a whole lot. I mean, Caleb Daniels is back, Eric Dixon's back, Justin Moore is back, Brandon Slater's back. So I think outside of Gillespie and obviously Jay Wright, and I think the other one was Jermaine Samuels that they lost, that was a pretty significant one. But they've got a, a guy in Chris Archidiacono. He doesn't play – he didn't play a ton last season, but he's got the blood. Ryan Archidiacono was – on that team that ended up winning the national championship the first time around with Jay Wright. So I like Villanova to cover here. All right. Last of these, you know, kind of just lopsided games. This one's a little less lopsided. UC Davis at Cal um, minus six for the Cal bears. I don't know much about these two teams, but Cal, Cal was one of the worst teams in the pac 12 last year. UC Davis was decent in their conference, middle to top of the pack. Um, minus six. This is an in-state rivalry. 
Give me UC Davis to keep it close and cover the spread. Wow. Uh, so I've got to go with the opposite here. I think Cal covers because, personally, a, a six-point spread as a Power 5 team against an in-state opponent is very disrespectful. Let's well, also not, let's not forget UC Davis lost by double digits to the Academy of Art at the beginning of last year. What even is the Academy of Art? <laughs> I couldn't tell Cal you. Cal spread. Give me Cal spread. Honestly, I'm I'm feeling UC Davis too, just because this is a team that I feel like I've just seen around a decent bit, and they're able to make some noise despite being. If you're a California school and you can somehow have your name out there, it's it's impressive. Just because there's so many universities in California, so the fact I've even heard the name UC Davis is enough to convince me that they're going to be able to cover the spread against a bottom a basement dweller Cal team. Yeah, and, and, and clearly somebody knows something, you know, just looking at the fact that this is minus six. Because I think if you just saw this, you'd say, oh, Cal's probably favored by, you know, 12, 15 points. Like so, to see yeah. the Academy of Art play Cal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're um, elite this year. A lot of returners. <laughs> give me Academy of Art and Our Lady of the Lake going at it. <laughs> In the Citadel. Yes. Oh, God. All right, we got some decent games now. Uh, no lines on either of these because they're later in the week, but uh, BYU at number 19, San Diego State. These are two decent teams. We actually get to see two competent basketball teams going at it. Uh, what do you guys think here? I am absolutely feeling San Diego State. Uh, Brian Dutcher is a great head coach. I've got to see San Diego State play a lot of basketball just because uh, being in the Mountain West with Boise State, I've seen San Diego State come through a good couple times. They play really, really good basketball. They're very well coached. They're always able to make something happen with the three ball, always have incredible guards playing. San Diego State is always a threat. They're a very good team. I have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, I think last year was a pretty disappointing season for BYU. Uh, and then I think one of those big guys that they had, Loner, if I'm not mistaken, was his name, transferred over to Baylor. So BYU is not in a great spot right now. They're always a competent team, but I like San Diego State to get this one done. And yeah, me too, especially since they're at home in this one. I think they'll, they'll take care of BYU. All right, the last game on the slate here, obviously the game that, that I have the most personal interest in, but I, I think we can agree this is easily the best game of this week, Without right? Without a doubt. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously, even if, even if both these teams stunk, this game is being played in the aircraft carrier. So Yeah, how can you hate that? Uh, the la- it's been a while since we've had one. Um, I-, I believe the last one that actually happened, because there were a few that's- that were scheduled, was Michigan State versus Carolina, and I-, I think it was 2012. It was when Draymond Green was playing, so I can't. I think I believe it was 2012. Um, it was definitely a cool thing to watch. It- it's always a cool game whenever it happens. Uh, you know, I've seen they they both have some cool camo jerseys, some special jerseys, so. It'll be it'll be just a cool spectacle. So no matter how this game goes, it's just gonna be you know definitely must watch TV, especially on a Friday night. No mm-hmm. other sports really going on. Definitely must watch TV. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about the actual matchup. Obviously, we got to see Gonzaga in some sort of real action against the Tennessee Volunteers um, in that scrimmage where they kind of got whooped, but. That obviously came in the second half when their guys were coming in and out. I, I don't know that that's the real representation of Gonzaga. Obviously, Gonzaga is still the number two team in the country as of now. They're going to be really good. They have one of the favorites for player of the year in Drew Temme. Um, Michigan State on the other side, obviously you guys probably didn't see it, but they played a scrimmage where they had a terrible first half. They came back and, and rallied and played decently. 
Um, Malik Hall looks really good for them. Um, I think Hoggard and Walker are both going to be good as well. Our guys down low are, are, are something to uh, be concerned about a little bit. I think we really need a, a freshman in Jackson Kohler who has been called the, a, a young Nikola Jokic um, to step up as well as Matty Sisiko, who is, is just super like raw athleticism. He needs to, to, to rein in some of these skills. I think on defense he can be really good. Offensively, I don't, I don't know what happens there. Um, but with, with that kind of being said, I think Drew Timmy is going to be able to get whatever he wants. I think he can get a guy like Matty Sisiko to foul out pretty quickly. I think on the guard side, though, we'll be right there with them. I expect Gonzaga to be favored by probably, I'd say, five and a half, six points in this game. I think Michigan State keeps it close in the first half, but Gonzaga pulls away and, and wins somewhere in that range, probably in the six to ten point range. I think Gonzaga wins by. You know, this Gonzaga team is definitely just more complete and returning more of their actual good players from last year. I think they, they take care of Michigan State, but this is, you know, like we mentioned earlier, just the first test of many for these Spartans. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll, I think they'll win one of these games. I don't think this first one is, is going to be it, though. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I think Gonzaga is a really good team still. However, I do... This year, I feel like the talk that you always hear about Gonzaga and them being overrated just because of how their conference is, I think it's I think it's legit this year. I think it's legitimately verified that this Gonzaga team, well, I think it will be verified that this Gonzaga team is somewhat overrated. So I do think that the spread's going to come out a little bit more favorable than it should be. And I think... I think Michigan State's going to be able to keep it close just because, you know, I, I trust Izzo. He's a great coach. And I think, like you said, the guards are going to be pretty even, but Timmy is going to be that X factor for Gonzaga, and he's going to be able to get down low and just have his way with those guys. So I definitely think Gonzaga wins, but I think this might be indic- a game that's indicative of a crack in the foundation for that Gonzaga team. I think we've got to stop hating on Gonzaga for this like schedule stuff. You know, they're in this conference yeah. because they, they, you know, don't have football, whatever. They're actually trying to get in the Pac-12 for basketball. See what happens there? Big 12. Their, their Big schedule 12, is yeah. very loaded. Um, but behind Michigan State, though, I think, they, yeah, that's what I was about to say. They've scheduled just as hard as schedule. They've they got, like, Michigan, th- Michigan State, Texas, Kentucky, then Baylor, Washington, Alabama. They're playing a ton of ranked teams, playing, like, three top ten teams. So they're testing themselves as much as they can. Yeah, they, they're most definitely testing themselves. And I think that Kentucky game, they're actually doing, like, a four-year home-and-home, I'm pretty sure. So that's going to be really good for them down the road. Is, just is, to is, that not the, uh, is not, that not the CBS Sports Classic? No. Gonzaga's not in that. I think it's UCLA, Ohio State, North Carolina, and Kentucky. That oh, are you're that. right. So uh, For some reason, I, I – yeah, no, yeah right. but I right now ESPN matchup predictor is saying it's an 82 to 18 percent chance that uh, Gonzaga gets it done, and I honestly think they do get it done. Uh, but they do need to prove some things with their guards a little bit. I definitely agree with that. But at the end of the day, that 35-year-old man at the YMCA, Mr. Drew Timmy, is going to get it done. All right, so those, those are the big games this week. And at this point in the show for the rest of the season – we're going to be kind of hitting a, a rapid fire through a bunch of games. 
But we're going to skip that this week because, as you saw, even for these main games, we kind of just scraped the bottom of the barrel a little bit. There's just not a ton going on this week. But as we get more into the season and there's just a million games, we're probably going to have 10 to 12 there just like we did. And in this rapid-fire section, we'll be able to hit a bunch of games, make some quick picks. But this week, there's no point in, in throwing out a bunch of picks on, on garbage games going on later in the week. So we are going to end the show with, with something a little special here. We're going to do a – three-round snake draft of the best parts of the college basketball season. So I'm, I'm going to pull up a little, like, random order generator here so we can we can pick the order of who's going. But but basically, this draft is kind of just going to be the best parts of, of, of what's going on in the college basketball season. So whether that's, you know, an event or something you do, something that happens. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, dance around. It does not give away, you know, any of my good picks. But... Um, what, what do you guys, can you get, you will kind of elaborate more on what I mean? I guess I'm get my point across. Yeah, better than basically me. just anything that happens within college basketball that you enjoy, whether or not it's just like individual games or just the tournament. Well, obviously we won't do the tournament cause that's very broad and everybody yeah, that, loves that. that. That is the one thing that, that is, is off admitted. limits. Obviously yes. March Madness would be one, one. Now, I, I think you could, like, pick an element of March Madness. Oh, yeah. Like, not like the Final Four or something, but say, like, maybe something you do. But I think March Madness as a whole is, is off the board. So I did the yeah. random order. It's going to go me, Dom, then Tucker, and then Tucker. Obviously, you have two picks in a row. You, you know how Snake Draft works. Yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, real quick, though. I did want to actually point out. Oh, you do you do have one I, rapid fire game. Okay. I, yeah, there, there, is, go. there is a good game uh, for Boise State Wednesday with them playing South Dakota State. Obviously, South Dakota State uh, got into the tournament, was really good last season. But Boise State is a team that has been pretty, pretty darn good as of late. Uh, Leon Rice has been a really good coach for us. And uh, Boise State has the Mountain West freshman of the year from last season returning in Dagenhart. So that could actually be a really fun matchup on Wednesday night. All right, good to know. Let's, so let's get in this draft. I'm going to start here. The number one overall pick. I sometimes like this better than March Madness in, in certain moments. Give me feast week, 1-1 one, one overall. It's one of the best weeks of the year. You can just sit on your couch or wherever all day. There's games from 11 o'clock in the morning till past midnight and they're good games too and they're they're games where you don't normally see teams from different conferences they're in cool places they're in hawaii they're in the bahamas they're you know out in oregon or wherever they're all over the place teams getting together just back-to-back games you kind of get to see what everyone's made of and obviously it coincides with thanksgiving so you normally have time off so you can just sit back and just indulge in college basketball and kind of i feel like that for me Obviously, I love college basketball, so I'm, I'm watching, you know, right away. But I think for, for most people, that's when the season, like, really kicks off and gets and gets started. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely one of the best times of the year for college basketball. However, I, I with the second pick in this little draft, I got a roll of student sections. It's my favorite part of any college sport is just okay. the people who get rowdy and get passionate about this stuff. It It's the best part for me because... There's nothing in this world that's cooler than people being passionate about something and expressing that love and being able to come together in a massive community like that. It's so much fun, and I I can't wait to get back into Thompson Bowling Arena and be a part of that UT student section that was incredible atmosphere against teams like Auburn and Kentucky. I can't wait to do it again, although obviously uh, those December matchups are not favorable to that, but student sections are one of the best parts of college basketball. that, That leads me to a question, though. Are you talking about being in the student section or 
like seeing the student sections in action on TV? Like you, what what is your it, like? It's all the above. Okay, okay. It, it's it's we're throwing it's it. To, the, I'll give it to you. It's the whole experience because you get to see you know the Cameron crazies. You get to see that on TV, but being a part of it is is something so special too. But it's just it it affects the game so much too because in college they're still kids. They're not. They are not professionals, and student sections have massive impacts on how a game goes. Yeah, I can agree with you with seeing on TV because I think there are definitely some student sections that I'm jealous of, and it's not even just because they're like better fans or stuff. It's just, and I, I'll complain about this till the day I die. Our student section just set up terribly. Yeah, and we're just stuck in a corner, and it's it's just bad. I think all most other student sections are you know surrounding or, or at least get one baseline. It's so much better. And we also have, like, zero good chance. I think our student section needs, like, I don't know. We, we need something. Like, the, the fans are there. Like, they're passionate people. Mm-hmm. But we need some organization to it to make it better, I guess. I definitely agree. All right, Tucker, you have, you have back-to-back picks here. What are you going with? Do you think do you think the best thing has been taken, or is your 1-1 still there for you? I mean, I... I, I don't know if I would say that either of those would be the first thing that come to my head. Feast Week is great now that you say that. I mean, that is spectacular. Not going to deny it. Uh, just it's, you know, it's the beginning of the year. College football is really ramping up at the end. So I'm kind of focused on that a little bit more. So it, it, it's a little hard for me to sit down and watch it. But I, don't, I honestly wouldn't take student sections, to be, to be totally honest. But I'm going to have to say for my first pick... Give me the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only John Rothstein. There is okay. there is nothing like scrolling through your phone late at night <laughs> with just as your timeline is clogged with John Rothstein tweets. I, I will say one thing that I think is gonna knock your pick down a little bit. John Rothstein, his Twitter is a three hundred sixty five day a year thing. Like it's obviously he sleeps at, in May. What are you talking it's at about? It, it's at its best during college basketball of season. Of course. But throughout the summer, you're still getting, you know, the pics of his but he Italian in meals in New York. You're getting his tweet. Uh, probably that happens about every two hours for the past couple of weeks about not expanding the NCAA tournament. I love the pick, but that, that you know, I got to come up with something to knock you yeah, down a little I bit. I mean, it's but fair. Yes, but I, I, mean, I very how, much agree. How, how can you not? I mean, you being a uh, Michigan State fan. January, February, Izzo. Fair. Gotta love that. You gotta love that. You gotta love Dan Altman aligning those Rubik's cubes. I mean, I think it's a good. How pick. could you not? I just don't know if it's a first round pick for me. What do you got coming back around to start kick off the second round? What do you got? Uh, here? This is where it gets a little bit more difficult for me. Um, oh, I think this is a deep draft. Uh, it's it's tough. It's so tough. Um, oh wow, um, that that's. That's something I haven't thought of. I, There's you a really, lot to love. In you really got to think about it. Yeah, there really is a lot to love. I, I'll be, I'll be kind of lame here. I'll say one shining moment. Okay. I mean, yeah, no, that's kind of lame. I think that no, no comments. On that. One shining moment is cool, but it's you know, it's a couple minutes and that's it. I thought this year sucked. If I'm being honest, I don't know. Give me a reminder of what exactly that entails. It's basically just highlights throughout the whole tournament, but then like 80% of it is the final four, so it's really not all that cool, and it's playing the song One Shining Moment. Um, I don't know. Okay. It, it, it's a cool thing that they do like after the end of the national championship, but you know, again, it's five minutes. All right, my second round pick here, I think I'm going to go with, you guys can say, we, we said no March Madness, but we're, we're okay with like, individual parts of March Madness. Yeah, right? yeah, sure, that's that? fine. You that's better fine. not be about to take what I'm thinking of. 
I mean, give me give me the first day of the tournament. That's okay, the best okay. day where there's just a million games. You got your bracket out. Your hopes and dreams are still alive with all your bets with your bracket. You <laughs> no, think, they are not. And then you get crushed <laughs> you, in the span of an hour. Yeah, I was like, but you you were going into that day thinking that you were going to win everything. You're definitely skipping school or work. You know, the most vasectomies are scheduled that week. Nobody is going to school. Nobody's going to work for that first day and day or two of the tournament. The first round is this. I, I, it's crazy. I think this week is better. It's the second best stretch of games for me. There's just so much going on chaos it's it's just a great time and and probably my one of my favorite times in sports like i honestly enjoy the first round more than i do the later rounds i definitely agree with you there uh the first round is just so dramatic every single time and the non-stop slate of games is insane it's it's really unparalleled in any other sport there's nothing like it i can't think of a single like tournament that's yeah. just so it, it's big. just amazing I'm, I'm liking how my board's shaping up here but uh to, to you you have back-to-back picks here all right so with my with my second pick in this little draft i have to go with the net cutting i just think that's one of the coolest and most unique parts of college basketball and i remember the first time i saw it as a kid it was it was so unique and so cool and it, it just made me instantly be like i want to do that so badly when i grow up and it's a unique tradition. It's something so exclusive to just college basketball and symbolic. And it's, you know, it's instead of just a trophy for that season, it's a piece of that game. And it, that is so cool to me. Yeah. Uh, I just realized I, we definitely messed up the order. Um, but you, we, we were going to take different things. It was, it was, it was supposed to be Tucker. <laughs> then the, the order on the couch threw me off. It's supposed to be Tucker. <laughs> then you, then me twice. So, your pick is net cutting. I think that's a good pick, right? Yeah, that's a good pick. Well, hop back to me. I, I encapsulates me- the season. I messed up the order. Sorry, my my. I'm starting off the third round here, and then you're going okay, again. I, okay. I totally messed you're up good. the order. My bad. All right, with my third pick, I'm gonna go with with kind of a thing, and it's just buzzer beaters. Buzzer beaters are oh, awesome. Yeah. You know, every time on once college basketball season's going, I always scroll through ESPN, see if there's any games, you know, that are super close or tied up in the fourth, and I'll always flip to them and just try to try to catch those buzzer beaters because I think it's it's one of the most exhilarating ends in sports because I feel like in football and and in basketball or in hockey and you know other things, you kind of know what's gonna happen at the end. There's not like other maybe a hail mary every once in a while, but you can kind of like see it foreshadowing. Basketball is kind of a spur of the moment thing. I think buzzer beaters are just one of the best parts of the season of the, of the sport in general. Yeah, there's nothing like that ice in the veins moment of a buzzer beater, and it's it feels like it happens so often in college basketball. It's a little bit weird <laughs> because the buzzer beater has become just this standard part of like the whole image around basketball, and it's. It's definitive, without a doubt. It's something that everyone, when they think basketball, they think buzzer beaters. All right, and uh, you are up again, Dom. Oh, boy. This one's tough for me just because I have a couple things spinning yeah. around in my I head. I feel like you have you have the, the neck cutting. So you, you have a ritual, and then what did you take in the first round? Student section. So you, you have, like, a, a thing and a ritual. So I feel like I feel like an event would be good for you. you, got, you got an, I feel like an event. If you have one, we would round out your draft. Actually, best, yeah, that that is what I was kind of thinking along the lines of. I really love conference tournaments just because in, in no other college sport do you really have that level of conference tournament that actually matters. And a conference tournament. Are we going to make him pick one? 
like I feel like conference tournament is pretty broad. Are we yeah. Gonna okay. Uh, yeah. You got to pick one. Let's, What's let's the best yeah. conference tournament? Oh boy. I ha- I have one in my mind that I think is easily the best. It 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 changes from year to year, obviously as teams get better and worse. But I mean, right now you you have to take the Big Ten. It's really unpredictable. Wrong. Really. A- ACC win. Now they've swayed away from this in past years. ACC in Greensboro is by far the best conference tournament because Carolina, Duke, NC State, Wake Forest, they're all right there. Boom, there's so many fans. It's it's the best atmosphere. Obviously, I'm a Big 10 fan, so like that's crazy for, for me to to take you down. I think it's it, I think it might be number 2, but I just think the ACC in Greensboro is something special. Yeah. But, but I think I, I think that's a good pick as a whole cuz it's, you know, sometimes for teams that that don't have hope they always have the conference tournaments. I think that's the best part of it. You mm-hmm. could be Owen a million, and you could still make. Yeah, the you tournament. could be twenty twenty Oregon State. Yeah, exactly. That's that is definitely the coolest part. And I didn't, you know, I'm not from this area, so I didn't know about uh, the ACC tournament having that much interaction with the actual fans because a lot of a lot of times neutral sites can be really tough when you go to a conference like the Big Ten that is really spread out. Yeah. But the excitement in the Big Ten with you know, I think uh, didn't Iowa make the crazy run last year? Yeah, yeah they get did. lost to Richmond. Now, I will say, yeah. like, I I do think Big Ten is number two because when it's in Indy, Chicago, bad place. Chicago's just like where their stadium is is bad, but Indianapolis is like prime for it. That's why they have so much stuff there. So I think when Big Ten's in Indianapolis, it's definitely up there with the ACC. Mm-hmm. All right, Tucker, to round out the draft, uh, Mister Relevant here. Who do you have? Obviously, this is only nine pick drafts. There's there's really no real Mister Relevant because there's just so many good things about the season. But what do you got around us? You out? know, Dom kind of inspired me with the conference tournaments. So in that vein. I'm gonna have to go with the SEC tournament. Okay. And here's Fair. here's the thing. Fair. Here's the thing. I'm I'm obviously from Tennessee. I'm from SEC country, so it's always fun to you know come home after school. There's usually a game on, and you just sit on your t- sit on your couch and watch your TV uh, after you get back from school. Uh, and then also being from Nashville, the tournament's pretty much locked there like for two or three years in a row. I mean, obviously they move locations to like. Atlanta's a pretty popular one, yeah. New Orleans. Uh, then they went to Tampa this year and St. Louis another year. But more often than not, it's in Nashville. Uh, and then also always falls right on my birthday week too. So, I mean, you can't hate that. Yeah, there you go. And I, I, I will ask this. I don't know. Probably for you, Dominic, this probably wasn't much of the thing because I'm sure like basketball in out there is not like college basketball is not quite as big and not as like, you know, ACC basketball in the triangle area is just like – a culture did you guys ever have the tvs wheeled in elementary school for games for the conference tournaments because i'm telling you in elementary school if carolina yeah. or duke <laughs> or nc state was on we, we had those games on it if you had a cool teacher well look I, i'm from nashville there's not any spectacular teams in nashville i mean obviously you got some fun mid-majors like belmont and lipscomb that make it here and there but you know what? They always turn it on the smart board for us. Yeah. You know that you got to do it. For me, that never really happened until the NCAA tournament. Then maybe like one cool teacher would be like, "Yeah, this is this is going up for right now." But I mean, the closest I ever got to sports getting that much of an important role in school was probably just. <laughs> I just remember back to eighth grade when I would take. There's this one class I had where. We would all have laptops, and I would just watch uh, the Champions League, uh, the big, the big European soccer tournament, because that was always on uh, during the day. And 
Yeah, it, I, I watched some great games in that class. I remember it fondly. Yeah, I remember fifth grade, I got to see uh, Lehigh beat Duke. That, that was really cool. Um, but that's the draft Tucker had. What was your first round pick? John Rothstein. So he had John Rothstein, one shining moment in the SEC tournament. I had Feast Week. I had the first ra- or the first round of the NCAA tournament, and I had buzzer beaters. And Dominic had student section, student section, cutting the net, and the Big Ten tournament. Um, so that is the draft, and that is our show. Next week, we're going to get the reactions to these two Tennessee games, as well as all the other games. And I don't know how much reacting there will be, unless there's a big upset. I would say those Tennessee it's games. Possible. And the Michigan State-Gonzaga game will be the two biggest ones we're reacting to. Uh, but then we'll get to preview the Champions Classic and a lot more, you know, bigger games. So that is going to be our show for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week. Favorite sport. Uh-huh. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. I keep it so fresh on the microphone.